This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, we're back into the fray. Anthony Fury, Tom Parkin, Peter Tabbins. Tabbins is the MPP for Toronto Danforth. I, I noticed you were watching the monitor because there was some uh, footage here of protesters walking along Bloor Street. Uh, along uh, the Danforth. Along the, the Danforth. The Bloor Viaduct. This is your neighborhood. It is. What the heck's going on? These are the pipeline, the anti-pipeline protesters. Yeah, people coming out and supporting First Nations who are defending their territory in British Columbia. All it's right. going to hurt the businesses on Danforth. we got to... We got to clean that up. We got to support the local businesses, Peter. May actually hurt well, some. I, I'm sure that by now all the businesses are wide open. Serving time for dinner starts around six o'clock, so four o'clock wasn't a bad time to have a demonstration. Well, there's a serious story behind this. Needless there to say, is. It has Absolutely. to do with uh, native activists uh, involved in protesting at a site for liquid natural gas. Uh, this liquefied natural gas, the $40 billion project, slated to go, I guess, from Dawson Creek to Kitimat, and. Uh, They've uh, set up a camp there that the RCMP went in and removed uh, 14 people, arrested them, and then this sparked uh, protests across the country, including in Toronto yesterday. The march took place from Nathan Phillips Square over to Dundas Square uh, right around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And so it continues. I guess this is what's happening along the Danforth in your neighborhood yep. as we speak. But here's my question, because there are some native or indigenous nations that uh, favor the pipeline going through and, in fact, uh, wanting to see it happen because prosperity for their people depends on it. I guess there was a quote from a Stephen Buffalo in your paper, Anthony, earlier today, the CEO of the Indian Resource Council of Canada, representing oil and gas producing First Nations. He says, quote, the big thing is we've got to be able to support our communities that say yes to this project because it's their community that needs that financial benefit. It's about getting out of poverty and finding a way for our people. So how do you reconcile this? If you've got activists, uh, these projects seem like they're irreconcilable. They're never going to get built. And yet you've got people within the indigenous community or nation itself that want the projects to go forward, Peter. Yeah. And there are differences of opinion within those communities that have to be resolved. But I I think what's interesting to me about all of this is Justin Trudeau, who has gone on at length about relationship with First Nations, Indigenous people of Canada, uh, being one of the most important relationships that he's thinking about. And yet, this, this First Nation wasn't even allowed to go to the National Energy Board to present their position, setting out why there were going to be huge problems if this program went ahead. But all the deals had been signed with this well, company and the First Nations. Uh, sorry, with some groups within the First Nations, but well, clearly, right. clearly not a substantial part of the governance body within that unceded territory. Uh, the, and, a and substantial part of? I mean, really? It may be a substantial part, but frankly, if you've got um, the, the ongoing, what can I say, governmental structure that was developed by those First Nations that was shut out of the decision-making by the National Energy Board, ignored by Justin Trudeau, who keeps saying that he's into reconciliation. If you lock people out, don't be surprised if things blow up later. Okay, so you've got hereditary chiefs, you've got elected chiefs uh, or band council members. And you have territory that's unceded. There isn't a treaty that covers this land. So, frankly... The question of who has legal right to build in this land isn't one. Okay, that's but there was resolved. an injunction granted by the BC Supreme Court. Well, there may well be. But so you're the saying BC's, the courts don't count either? Well, the question arises: What do you do with land that's outside the treaty system? And frankly, 
when you look at the historic decisions of Supreme Courts, a consultation with a meaningful consultation with the First Nations has got to be at the center of it. All right, so Clearly, the point that is, didn't happen. These they energy... were locked out of the consultation. Okay, not the... just not talked to, locked out. The point is, these energy projects become irreconcilable. Am I wrong about that, Anthony? One thing that's interesting, uh, Peter's saying about the BC interior, there there is land that has been consistently held and never had any sort of treaty or deal in that interior, and there is a major legal problem there. When people say Toronto Island is, is still First Nations and Ottawa area, that's just bogus, and they can use whatever terms they want, but there's uh, there's no standing for that whatsoever. The BC interior is is, is trickier, and the, the Supreme Court rulings, I think, have accurately reflected that, but to your point about these internal governance matters, you got a guy who has signing authority, he signs the deal, and because of the just general problems with they call the custom. That's what they call the custom elections and the approach to it. You'll have two years later, there'll be a rollover and people say, well, I consider that null and void. You got infighting uh, within the council communities. And that's what that's what screws all this stuff over. I mean, look, there's an injunction. They got to enforce the injunction. And to your original point, I mean, I speak to chiefs in, in Ontario and in Quebec and BC, uh, really pro-development chiefs. And, and I think we got to tell their stories more. This assumption that the natural First Nations position is to be anti-development, anti prosperity. I mean, it's getting so tired. I don't, that's not the majority anymore. I mean, there are a lot of great success stories and we got to make these guys the, 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 the poster child, the front page story. They, they're, they're very business savvy, more uh, independent business ownership per capita in First Nations and elsewhere. They got like 30,000 small businesses now in Aboriginal communities. All right. So Tom, is it right that uh, an activist minority can forestall all of these projects that would bring prosperity to the greater good? It can be right if the process wasn't followed, and that's that's exactly what we're challenged with here, and, and it's exactly what was challenged in the Trans Mountain Expansion Project, the the, the plan to take a, a bitumen from, from Edmonton to, to Burnaby. And, you know, the, I mean, the frustration, I guess my frustration with this is, uh, y- y- you know, I've been talking about this for a long time, and it's not, it's not that, uh, you know, this is a big hidden secret, that courts have long said that there has to be uh, adequate consultation and accommodation on First Nations territories, not just the reserve, but the historic and traditional lands. And, and, and that is, uh, that's now, um, I think we learned that one big time because of Trans Mountain. But remember, that was also exactly why the Northern Gateway went down. Well, a little more mixed mm. than that, but certainly Northern Gateway went to court for exactly, was taken to court for exactly the same reasons and was shut down for the same reasons. So I don't know why our, Mr. Trudeau it repeats the same mistakes as Mr. Harper when it comes to uh, reconciliation. Like, we, we have the, the court law in front of us, and it's not that other jurisdictions don't get this. A Site C, very uh, in, in British Columbia, it's a very right. large hydro-generating uh, uh, dam project, mm-hmm. very controversial. Uh, and uh, there were local uh, indigenous groups opposed, uh, and there was a consultation. They took it to court. They said it wasn't adequate. The court said, well, you know, they used the standard applied right. elsewhere. But they said f- it was. So projects do go ahead. But, you know, you got to do the work. Well, all right. Uh, well, don't and, you and, find it instructive that you've got somebody representing on the Native interest, the yeah. Native himself, uh, he's the CEO of the Indian Resource Council of Canada, in favor of the pipeline. Uh, no, I don't find that interesting because I know, as, as I think we all understand here, is that some people are on one side and some people are on the no. other side of the debate. That, that goes for people of all histories and backgrounds. And, and you'd but, see that in I Toronto think, as well, frankly. Yeah, and I think... And, right. and, and I, and I Which think is why also, nothing ever gets done. We're well, still quibbling about a subway in Scarborough, yeah, for crying out loud. There's no money allocated to it, John. If there's <laughs> money allocated, story. you have a different story. But there's think, no downtown relief line either. I, there's no money allocated Build the pipeline, build the wall, build the Scarborough subway, build it all. But I think, you know, if we just take the idea 
idea, you know, like uh, drill, baby, drill, and just mm. get the stuff out there, we're we're just staring down at a big problem because oh, you we know, don't have one now. Well, we all we got a bit of one, <laughs> and it we got just, a huge one, and it just becomes worse because the whole economy is being beggared because of this. Because look at John in this situation, the way as Anthony points out, this is there's no treaty under there's no extinguishing of of a. a all right, let me move away right from here. this because I still have a, a number of topics worthy of discussion. But your points are made, uh, so we'll continue on. Obviously, we're not going to remediate the situation this afternoon. <laughs> Something else though that has uh, my attention. You guys come from say. Uh, a social democratic background. Uh-huh. You're friends with the union. Yeah. So Smokey Thomas uh, basically reveals where the Ontario yeah. cannabis store is located. It should never have been a secret. I thought it was crazy that they wouldn't say on public where it was. And what about public safety? What contract? about the safety of the workers? If the shoe were on the other foot, you'd be they, screaming aloud they, that they, uh, you compromise the safety of the workers. Warehouses in other provinces where the public location is mm. made known. We're not talking about Fort Knox. We're not talking about an underground bunker. We're talking about it's a, a private enterprise. <laughs> Pardon? Anthony? <laughs> I, I agree with Peter that I don't know if we need these things to be secret, but if the government sets a protocol... You don't like it. You can sort of fight the protocol. You don't take it into your own hands. You know, this is like the low-rent Julian Assange of our time here, you know. (laughs) Well, all right. So they removed a union rep from the property. The police did. Yeah. It's a private uh, operation, private property. What's wrong with that? Well, they could have asked him to leave. I don't know if they asked him to leave, frankly. But I don't see any any problem. The cops did. Well, no, but... You don't have to call the cops when someone's on your property. I've asked people to leave my property. Mm. Um, sometimes conservative <laughs> canvassers on my doorstep. Uh-huh. I, I've said, I love the work you guys do. Now leave my leave my steps. Mm. Uh, but, but you I, let them put I, a lawn sign up, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get a lawn sign. I got gotcha. you. Uh, All right, so you you're did. thinking. Well, yeah, but, but I, you know, I thought it was totally crazy mm-hmm. that we couldn't find out the company that got the contract or the location of the warehouse, given that it's public knowledge in other jurisdictions in Canada where you have warehouses and companies running the, those warehouses. Mm. That, that I thought was totally loopy. And it's totally legal to go and unionize people, to organize people. It's totally which? Legal. Oh, okay. I thought it you is. said loopy. I was just... <laughs> no, you, but, no, you were all thinking right, back you know, to an earlier statement, That John. was because your buddy Smokey uh, wants to get the same kind of operation going as the LCBO. And People that was under should be wind. paid decently. Well, how do you know what they're making now? They're, they're, my, they'll, my, they'll judge that. Who, you know, the, 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 wor- the workers who are employed there will make their decision whether they want to join or not. The, okay. There'll be a vote, I guess, and uh, or, or not, if the union can't find sufficient support. That's a choice that's up to workers. It's not up to somebody else. All right. Well, Sound like so, some old 80s-style James Conn movie, they'll, you know. Like, they'll judge that. They'll judge that. <laughs> Going underground yeah, to unionize I, the I, firms. I, I, I think the there should be. Shop, they dig their way into the basement. <laughs> right. They're running their way through the plants <laughs> in, in there, or, you know, whatever, bags and bags of bud, and, um, and, and signing union cards and smuggling them out. Right. Just I think that'd be fantastic. Just the union cards. Wow. Just uh, the union cards are being smuggled out. Yeah, good point, Peter. It's, it's funny how they... Just s- clarify that for all. Important. Yeah, they very sniffed fun. this place out. Uh, they had a nose for it. Yeah. We'll come back. Hey, Wither Ontario Place. Let's put that to the panel next. Peter Tabbins, Anthony Fury, Tom Parkin on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.